Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, the only podcast where you can see four guys just verbal diarrhea. I don't know. I got nothing to this week. Uh, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I'm John and I. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG, co host of Fresh Out the Podcast and Fresh Out the Box. That's where Jahan and I play tabletop role playing games and sometimes paint miniatures, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about serious things. So everybody, pull up your britches and put on your serious shirt. Sit down in your most serious chair and rip your shirts off. You know, Jahan's made a critical error, I think, multiple weeks in a row, where he'll say, the only show where you can see blank. And I do get that this is uh, streamed live on the night that we record. Uh It's also an audio form podcast. So uh, to the people that are listening to us, I'm sorry that you can't see us. So I I apologize um, for that. Um, Hopefully you mentally see us. You've got a mental image, um, a mental image of myself, because I am the... Professional media movie mastermind, the Funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and we have the mayor of Nerdtropolis himself joining us here. Chantage, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm back with my buddies. Yeah, and you know, it's not, there's no MCU review today. You know, we're not doing in any kind of like, I feel like that's most of the time Sean has joined us have been for either we did our big uh, top fives of what we were anticipating for of the year, um, or it's for the a deep dive into a superhero film. Um, but Sean is just here just just to chill with us today. And Sean, we're happy to have you. I was just excited to be here this to my wife before we got on. And I was like, Sean has that coveted spot that everybody wants where Sean can just ask us what are you guys talking about this week? And mm-hmm. if if we're talking about something that Sean wants to talk about, he's here. And if not, then he's not here. And so he's like a semi-permanent rotating guest. And I really well, wanted to be here for Ant-Man, and I was mad I didn't get to make that one. But That's, that's okay. my fault, because I had to request a schedule change, and the day that we ended up being able to do it was the day that you weren't. So I apologize for that's that. That's okay, but I was watching Creed, I believe. So, it, you know, that was... So we've got ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also it's appropriate that you're here you're here, Sean, because um this coming weekend on Sunday night is the Oscars, and you are a Critics Choice voting member, so I know you voted in the Critics Choice Awards. Um and while that's not, you know, necessarily the same as the Oscars, because the critics know, are not we, part of the Oscars. Yeah, but I think most of the Critics' Choice Awards does a pretty good prediction. I'd say people watch that carefully, see um, what to expect coming forward. We, we didn't predict any slapping, but we predicted some good winners. That's how they said well, the Vegas odds. <laughs> it's funny because I think that a lot of the winners of the Critics' Choice Awards are... So a lot of the awards are all over the place this year. There's one that's not, um, and that's the Best Picture Award, which I think of everything is probably the surest, one of the surest bets. And uh, Best Picture has been a, a little bit messy the past few years, like um, a little bit less predictable, I should say, not necessarily messy. But this year, everything, everywhere, all at once has just been steamrolling. You know, it won... Uh, 
the producers guild, the directors guild, the writers guild awards. Uh, it's it's pretty much won everything, and the last few movies to have won everything in the way that everything everywhere all at once has in the lead up to the awards have gone on to win the Oscar. Films like No Country for Old Men and Argo and a few others. Um, so it's like almost not even worth predicting that I think that everything everywhere all at once will win the best picture Oscar because I don't think it will, to be honest. I think the Oscars might pull an upset. I really think there's an upset on that category at least. And maybe a couple of other categories because they're like, we gotta be different. I feel like it's the closest thing to a sure bet. Uh, What what film do you think would potentially um, upset it? Let me see. I got my list right here real quick. Uh, that's a good one. Maybe a little Top Gun Maverick action. Or even the, been Fable, doing a last even the Fablemans. Push. Even the Fablemans. I'd be so I mean, just... mad if Top Gun Maverick beat that everything was my... everywhere all at once. <laughs> I'd be so mad. That was my pick for best picture was uh, Top Gun. I just thought that was awesome. Like I would vote for Top Gun over everything everywhere else. Just based but on I the like scenes they everywhere. captured was just ridiculous. It was just so practical. And it was just mind-blowing and expensive. Sure. But you know, it was also it was also. Look at me, I'm Tom Cruise in a plane. You know, with well, who gives with a shit? A jacket. I'm with you, John. Yeah, but I will tell you, the upset would probably be like if Babylon won it. I'll be like, are you kidding me? I don't. I don't have a basis for that comparison, so oh. I'll I'll give it to you. I I think that. I do think everything, everywhere, all at once will win. I'm confident in it. I do think the Daniels will also win Best Director. If somebody else were to, I would love to see. I mean, I know this isn't like the most inspired choice, but I'd love to see Steven Spielberg win it uh, because I love the Fablemans. It's and really good, and it comes full circle for him for that movie and stuff it's, like that. It's like the crowning, you know, the last thing he would need in his career. I mean, he's going to make more films, of course, but like the film that is, you know, a story about his own life and a look back and, and, you know, kind of how he came to be in his own interpretation of, of you know, of himself as Which an is artist. a story other directors relate to. They've all said it like, that's how we were, you know, it's not exactly their story, but it's kind of how they felt when they were trying to, you know, when they were small and want to become a director. I mean, I, and a, a director telling their own story sounds self-indulgent. And there are directors that have done that. And it was most definitely self-indulgent. The Fablemans does not come across that way at all. I mean, it's, it's very, he's, he's Steve nice. Spielberg. Exactly. He's if anyone guy, could man. do it, you know, if anyone's worthy of having, doing that, it's, it's that guy. I got no beef with him. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him win either. I've never heard of that guy. Has he done any other movies I might've heard of? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he did. Um, there's a movie that everybody loves, and it's called War Horse. Uh, he did War Horse. <laughs> you heard of that one? Yeah. What's that movie about? Just gonna try to pull off all the ones that people that, that are not as iconic. Like, oh, the Terminal with uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty iconic. I I, I recently read a news story about that guy. That guy was still living in the airport up until very recently. I think he just passed away last year. Really? Yeah, the real away. guy that's based on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, I think he's like technically, he's Persian, isn't he? Yeah, he's, one like... of, he's one of our people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very interesting story. story. He got yeah, stuck he got there during of... the revolution or something. And... That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah and he got stuck. There is one Spielberg movie, which I would love, if I ever meet him, I would thank him for it. And that would be The Adventures of Tintin. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I love the the books and the cartoon growing up, and I have actually. uh, Here, 
I actually thought that movie was really good. Uh, I didn't know Spielberg it is good. did that. Yeah, I have a bunch of Tintin stuff. I right feel here. like he did a lot of animated stuff. Uh, Tiny Toons. Do you know about the Tintin right? hair, Sean? You're a Tintin guy. The what? Do you know about Tintin's hair? About why what? it looks that way? I love how no. quickly we've gotten off track. I'm just letting it go. Let's go. That's okay. There was he didn't have that hair. He just had regular slicked down hair. But in one particular frame of one comic, the wind blew his hair, and he was like, "You know what? Not so bad." And he never <laughs> changed it back. Just though he was on a train, the train blew his hair, and he liked it, and that was Tintin's hair from now on. Tintin needs more love, I'm telling you. And I have family good. in Belgium, and when I go back, I want to go to the Herge um, Museum and like just check it out and stuff like that. I mean, that's it's such a great IP that doesn't get much respect, I think. It was a collaboration with Peter Jackson for that film, I believe, and helped with yeah. a lot of the animation and, yeah. and everything. And, it was um, a good movie. Was... A really good Andy Serkis performance in that movie as well. It's a great movie, and they could still do another one. Like Age doesn't matter when it comes to that doing a follow-up. Did it do well? Um, I don't remember how successful it was. Three hundred and seventy-four million. That sounds pretty good. That's pretty good. I think. I think it's pretty good for that type of IP. What was its budget? It had to actually be pretty expensive. The Adventures of Tintin film. He's done a lot of animated stuff though. One thirty-five. And I would. Okay, so yeah, it it tripled its money. That's pretty expensive. Success. We should do a whole Spielberg episode because I want to talk. No, no, no. We're no a whole Tintin. What are you talking about? We're not. <laughs> I'll bring up my so, book. Now. I'll rein it. I'll rein it back in. I would yeah, love to do a Spielberg it. episode. Yeah, um, I just want to talk about Tiny Toons, Doug. I love that. That was me predicting that the Daniels will win Best Director, but that I would love to see Spielberg win it, and then that led to an entire Spielberg wormhole. Um, the screenplay awards. I think that original screenplay will be everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, adapted screenplay looking most likely to go to women talking or banshees um, and then, i don't know banshees I, could. I would love if banshees won it um well banshees would be oh, please hold i don't have the categories in front of me i was just going based off my it could be original screenplay original which i could see them doing that they've done this kind of thing before where like everything everywhere all at once seems kind of set to win best picture so give the uh screenplay award to you know, something else like Banshees, uh, I'm here for it. Because honestly, I'd, uh, Banshees is in my top five of the year. So I'd love to see it win more. Um, How did they the, finally defeat the Banshee? Was it like um, the traditional ways of shillelagh filled this, with this is the, this spirits is the stuff that I just don't, I don't interact with it, Sean. I just had, <laughs> I let it go. I ignore it. I uh, haven't seen y'all so long. I want to interact. The, the, uh, <laughs> The acting awards, well, it's just the problem is we're going to go three hours at this rate already with all the things we have on this list. Uh, we, uh, The acting awards are what's interesting because they've been kind of all over the place. There's one surefire bet of all of these, and it's that Ki Hui Kwan will win Best Supporting Actor. That's, you know, closest thing to a sure bet. Um, a few, uh, even a month or two ago, it would have seemed like Kate Blanchett was going to win Best Actress. That's not so sure anymore. It's really, I feel like all the momentum is with Michelle Yeoh right now to win for Everything Everywhere. Um, and then Best Supporting Actress is the least predictable of all of them because you have Angela Bassett won, uh, I think, The Globe and The Critics' Choice, and then Carrie Condon won for Banshees at the BAFTAs, but then Jamie Lee Curtis won the SAG Award. It's been all over the place. 
I still think that Angela Bassett's probably the safest bet of these. I think that you've got Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue from uh, both from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once that will split votes between them. Um, and then just between Carrie Condon and Angela Bassett as well. I think there's just going to be split votes. And I think Angela Bassett is probably the safest bet of these. So I would go with her. And then best actor is also a little bit of a toss up um, between Austin Butler, Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser. I'm sticking with the safe bet and I'm going to say Brendan Fraser is going it's to not win. safe though. It's not, it's, safe, it's really not. I think really it, he was the line. early favorite. It seemed like early on that he was going to steamroll, but I think, you know, of all things, I think Austin Butler is, is coming up on him. I think that there's a, a pretty good chance Austin Butler could win. Um, historically best actress has been more of a category where they like to give it to a new young actress, um, you know, in the, like in the vein of Jennifer Lawrence um, and uh, I'm having a brain fart, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson. Thank you. She won one, you know, they give it to these, these newer, younger actresses um, and best actor has a lot of times been to like more established folks and kind of crowning achievements of careers. But Austin Butler might be in the place to get that young up and comer, you know, give him and an that's Oscar. Because it's, we uh, see you. Better movie to be honest than the whale. So that kind of has it going for it. I do agree that Elvis is a better movie than the whale. I liked Elvis and I think Austin Butler's really good in it. I wouldn't even be mad if he won the Oscar. Um, but I would love to see Brendan Fraser do it because I just don't know how many more chances he'll get with a performance like this um, or just the role he's had up to the Oscars. I, I I think it'd be fun to see him get it. I'd love to see that speech. Um, and I love Colin Farrell. And I think he's wonderful in Banshees. And he'd probably be, if I had to give it to my favorite, it'd be to Colin Farrell. But I think Brendan Fraser will win it. But I wouldn't be mad if Austin Butler would win it. So I guess that's where I'm at. It's like, yeah, it's a toss up. It's truly Austin. But if Butler, I have to, huh? yeah, I wonder I what his cool. ancestors did for a living. Well, I can tell you Austin Butler was first on uh, Ned's Declassified. And the know, Critics' what... Choice, the Critics' Choice Awards, Sean, were Brendan Fraser, Angela Bassett, Ki Huy Kwan, and who won uh, Best Actress at the Critics' Choice? Was it Michelle Yeoh or Kate Blanchett? It was Blanchett. Okay. And we also had a best young actor slash actress category, which was great. I love that category. I wish that they had that in the Oscars. Oscars. And it went to your your Fablements. It went to uh, Gabriel LaBelle. He's so good. I would have nominated him for best actor this year if it were up to me. Never saw Ned's Declassified. Awesome Butler was Zippy Brewster. Yeah. Great name. He's going to be in the upcoming Dune Part 2 as uh, Baron Harkonnen's nephew. Should be pretty good. Excited oh, for that. Yeah. That's the job I want. Naming Dune sequels seems really fucking easy. Dune part two. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. Co- kind of like the Creed good, movies, good, huh? Good joke, Con. <laughs> good. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> But that's of of those predictions. Everything, everywhere, all at once is essentially winning, in my mind. Best picture, best director, best original screenplay, best supporting actor, best actress. It's five of those eight awards. It's a lot. It's 
It's a lot. It would be it'd be big. Be big. Think it's gonna I think it's gonna have a very large presence at the awards ceremony this coming Sunday, but we will see. Thank you all for indulging in my uh Oscar picks. Are we gonna do a live broadcast on Sunday? No, I, I can't. I can't. I just can't. I, I, I like to watch it. Um, and I feel like I'd be bad in a live broadcast like that. I feel like I'd be super quiet because I just want to watch it. I don't know. I've never done like a live stream in that regard where you're actually talking while watching something. I've always wanted to do one for wrestling while we were watching like WrestleMania or something but sitting here talking about what's going on. I also think that'd be very fun. I could I could probably talk over wrestling better than anything else. It lends itself. Can we rewatch like something old on wrestling? Like because they have the whole library on Peacock and I went back and watched WrestleMania 17 and I was just like felt because I was there and I was like this feeling that I have right now rewatching. I'm like I think I see me in the crowd up there at that age. I'm like this is wild to rewatch. Live in the WWE section of Peacock. All the, the the old shows, the WWE legend stuff, all the old territories. I know so much about wrestling that I'm afraid I might just accidentally wind up a wrestling writer one day. Uh, like I I love the industry. Great. What what WrestleMania was in New Orleans, Gary? The one that we went to. Thirty. Oh, Drew was there. Thirty too. and. 34, I think we're both there. 30 was the yeah. one where Daniel Bryan won the titles, and a few years later, they were back when it was... I, 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 I think it was Roman and Brock in the main event. That's too new for me. Sleepy. Drew was a sleepy boy during the second <laughs> oh, show. I, I, yeah, it was... We, we might have... Had a little drew, too much fun in New Orleans. New Orleans a little yeah. too much sun, a little too much fun. The show was... WrestleMania, that show runs all night, too, so you almost have to, like, wake up at noon to be able to make it through the whole show anyways. It's worse now. They split it up over two nights, and they're both super long. It's insane. So you know if you're traveling for it, you're going to go to the SmackDown, then both nights, and then Raw on Monday. You're going to be exhausted after four That's how they do it now? That's wild. Mm -hmm. The production's, oh, man, it's wild. Mm. So on our uh, news to unpack, we've through the Oscar predictions, and I have two other things here. Do y'all want to talk about Mandalorian first for a second, or do we want to talk about um, the Netflix Chris Rock stand-up special? Which, Chris Rock. What you feeling? Chris Rock. Yeah, let's get that one out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I, I talked about this last week because I was curious to see if Gary and Jahan would be watching it live. You know, because obviously it was a big deal for Netflix. It's their first live special. They were hyping it as such. They had this huge event for it with a pre-show and a post-show it was strange i don't know if y'all what time did it start because i was confused i thought it started at nine for central time but when i started watching at 907 i felt like i missed half the show it started at nine it started right at nine o'clock they had a pre-show before because it was it was um so it wasn't even that long of a special then it was like 40 no it was an hour and nine minutes or something like that was his actual set uh because it ended right around 10 after 10 they had okay. a post show afterwards with like David Spade and Dana Carvey doing like almost like sports commentary about it. Hall it was on uh, what JB Smooth and mm-hmm. uh, Kareem Abdul Dabar. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a woman that I, I, I hadn't seen before. I can't even remember. I don't have the list in front of me of who all was there. It was, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the show itself. I'll let y'all give your takes as well. I guess I'll kind of go first. I thought that it was 
fine. Um, it definitely came across like Netflix in in my mind pushing for this is our first live special, so you have to hit all the hot button topics. So talk about gender politics and talk about abortion and talk about you know class and this and that and and so like a lot of it at first and talking about like woke culture and things like that it's like that stuff that other comics have made jokes about before so it just came across as not very original to me some of the comedy i'd even say felt a little bit dated um but you're just kind of waiting or for me i was just waiting for the will and jada stuff because i knew it was coming um, and he would kind of tease it throughout, and then it was probably in the last 10 minutes is when he finally went to it. And I thought all that stuff was, I'm not going to even say good or bad, I'll just say fascinating. Because um, it felt super raw, and he felt super mad, and like everything else leading up to that point seemed super, you know, t- typical of a comedy special. It's rehearsed, um, you know, it's it's scripted in a sense and in the way that comedy specials are for them you know their written material this just felt way more raw and emotional he even botched a joke at one point and then had to fix it lending itself to the live aspect of it all um i don't know it almost felt like it was therapy for him like he was just unloading but it was it was pretty effective i guess would be the word for it but i don't know it was interesting i i I enjoyed watching it for the most part, even though not all of the comedy landed for me. But what about y'all? I'll let y'all give your thoughts. We'll go to Gary. I'll go to you first. Yes, I didn't watch it live, but I ended up watching it later that night uh, just because besides you and Jahan, other people were talking about it. They're like, hey, I'm going to get off the game. I'm going to go watch it and get back on. And I was like, wow, it's that big of a deal. People are actually logging offline to go watch it and come back. So I was like, okay, I'll check it out later tonight whenever I'm done. Uh, So I watched it. I thought that the Chris Rock special as a whole, it starts off saying, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody. uh, And then goes on a pretty offensive, uh, you know, back to back to back. Someone, there's something to be offended about throughout the whole special. Uh, You know, some parts that didn't bother me really bothered some friends of mine. Some parts that did bother me didn't bother my friends. Uh, And that's just how comedy is or can be. Uh, I would say that it is typical of a dated kind of comedian, uh, older comedy. There's a lot of uh, sexism. You know, the the part that really bothered me was he was talking about, I do everything for the pussy. I do this for the pussy. I do that for the pussy, for the pussy, for the pussy, for the pussy. It went on like maybe like 30, 35 seconds. Uh, and it just at some point to me was like, this was funny, maybe the first time or second time, but you've crossed the line of where it's just gross and degrading and you should stop repeating it or get off the stage. Uh, you know, there's there's just some things to me that are uh, now comedy is sort of about attacking yourself, making fun of yourself, or building people up uh, and sort of setting the expectations in a different comedic way. And his comedy is still about putting people down uh, throughout the entire special. It's joke after joke of putting down a different class or a different type of person or even putting down Will and Jada, which was fine. I think if we want to talk about the part that was pretty good, I think the end was fine. Um, but also it took him a year to come back with that. Uh, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that he could have released a week or two later. And everyone would have been like, oh, like a diss track for rappers. But he waited a year and we're all kind of like, meh, that was fine. But like, you know, now what? Now nothing. So he waited a year to have the last lord to just kind of say nothing. Um 
overall, as a stand-up, sure, it was fine, I guess. Maybe seven, six or seven out of ten. Uh, but it just had some pretty problematic stuff throughout it. Just dated comedy. Jahan, you said you didn't watch the whole thing, right? You, I didn't but see you the whole saw thing. The uh, my my girlfriend's mom had it on at the house. Uh, she was dying, but uh, you know, I don't know. I have I have different opinions about what is and isn't comedy. I agree with a lot of what Gary said. A lot of it was very, a lot of it was offensive. I mean, you know, like, and I'm not saying like, oh, cancel him. It's just like it wasn't like cancel him. It was like. I mean, that's just kind of needlessly offensive for, like, no reason. And it's not that funny. Uh, and there was a whole point where I was going to say that exact same thing. He's just screaming the word pussy for, like, a whole minute. And, like, people in the crowd are dying. And it's like, I, I, I go to the mechanic with them for, for the pussy. Because older pussy is so good. And it's like, you know, it's who, who are you trying to impress? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, 14-year-old uh, Gary would have been laughing his ass off, right? Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot... I don't know, man. There's, like, a lot of little man complex coming out with him. And, you know, speaking as a small person myself, you know, like... It's just... I don't know, man. It was, like... It's just, like, toxic masculinity is still prevalent in, in his stand-up set. It doesn't feel like he's... It feels like he just hasn't grown as a person since the 90s and like it's i don't know it's sadder than anything uh the will smith stuff damn that dude talked a lot of shit <laughs> like that was crazy um but if you're airing people's laundry when they already aired their laundry uh, like a year and a half ago it's yeah. just like meh so what you're saying so what yeah i mean it, it was kind of so what it, it he did take his sweet time doing it uh I don't know it. It wasn't timely. It just it wasn't timely, and his comedy somehow he manages to have his comedy like come out way too late. But also, I mean, I guess that's it. It just it like it would have been funny a while ago, you know. And that goes for the whole set. Um, but I don't know, Chris Rock, you're you're old man. You know, I money. I have heard other. See, that's the thing. Like, he needs yeah, the money. Yeah, that's, that's what this was. Dollars. Yeah, he, he definitely needs twenty million for two specials. So this is a forty yeah. million. No, 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 no. He doesn't have any money, Gary, because he spends it all on pussy. And he's yeah. got the ex-wife, and he's got the kids. They got an expensive life to uphold. You know, they got. I did like the... the the mental image of his daughter with the with the poof afro buns in a fencing costume. Uh, I did like that. I, I like the idea of a little black girl fencing and totally like you speaking three languages. I'm all about that character. I want to see that. Jo- but that joke went like somewhere else. Then it just went on a different tangent. And it was just really there weird. There were a lot of his jokes. I it, felt like went on for a, was, a, just a smidge too long. Just yeah, like they, yeah. said toxic masculinity. That joke that that I was referring to yet yeah, ends up with him saying that he made sure that his daughter got kicked out of school and he didn't tell anybody else. So it's like, yeah, I, cool I hope that's not move, true. Bro. And I really hope that's not true because that's really messed up. <laughs> cool power move, bro. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just laden with toxic masculinity. It is. It's laden with toxic masculinity. I don't know. Like, and, you know, you said, like, it's an older comic thing. And it is, but, like, I, I listen to, right now, I listen to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend a lot. And so I hear a lot of these older comics. A lot of them, like, I heard one with Howard Stern recently, and he was talking about, like, how he's changed all his views, and so he's grown as a person, and, you know, he was a, he was a, uh, a horny monster in the 90s and 2000s, and, and now, and he's become this, like, you know, uh, 
like this advocate for uh, female autonomy, and like you. There's not really an excuse, you know? Like, we all have access to the same... I don't know. It's just... It's not... It just wasn't good. It was dated uh, at the end of the Chris day. Rock's really a comic anymore. He became an actor. It's kind of like how Adam Sandler is a comic that became an actor. When I saw him live at Toyota Center, he was enjoyable and fun, but, like, that's not really comic... Like, stand-up comedy he was doing. He was singing songs and making some... Saying some silly stuff as a, like, juvenile. So, yeah. like, that's really how they're and at. Show. It I wasn't mean, necessarily even, yeah. like, a stand-up show it was, no. it was an adam sandler show I wouldn't but they did have like rob schneider open up as a stand-up and did some jokes and then some of them didn't land very well so i think most of these guys that became actors really where they start off maybe being a comic just like chris rock became a big star right around like um what was that D- down to earth i remember that was one of his biggest movies when he was like uh i forgot what year the that only, came out the only member of the main cast of grown-ups that i would consider to actually be an actor is adam sandler the rest of them are just a I bunch. I think Chris Rock is an actor. I don't know. More than a comic. I don't know. I I, I love David Spade. I love David Spade, but he's coming I'm, to Houston, he's, so I'm, I'm looking forward to his argue. his uh, his show to see how he's going to be like. He's going to play at the U of argue eight. whether he's a comic or an actor. I don't know what he is, but I love him. No, I, I just love listening to him. He's he's neither. To be honest, he's just himself. Like he's just spitting stuff out. It's ridiculous. Sean, I think we kind of skipped over you. I'd love to get your take overall on the special as well. Well, it's the same thing as Jaw said. It, it's, it was super outdated. I didn't think anything fresh about it. It's just He's just getting a paycheck. And then the whole Will Smith thing, I think he nailed it pretty well. But the Oscars are just around the corner. And then no one's thinking about last year's Oscars anymore. That's it's the just, timely nature of it, right? Is that right. the, you know, saying it's not timely, which you're right, because it is after the fact, but it's definitely no co- coincidence that the Oscars are next weekend or this upcoming week. Well, he waited. And for I think them, that's a bad call. He waited that's for them to call. announce that they're going to have security watching the stage this year before he did his <laughs> comedy special. <laughs> yeah. But to I, be honest, just, I think Will Smith's going to have a bigger year than Chris Rock's going to have. Like, Will Smith still ba- is back in the game already after that, you know, that situation. He's working on some big projects and stuff, and he's going to bounce back. It's not even that big of a deal anymore, to be honest. And as much as I would like to see a diss track type of nature between the two of them going back and forth, making fun of each other in public, I think Will Smith's going to take you know, the high road this time. He took the low road last time, but this time I think he'll just shut his mouth and keep making his projects and make his money I hope so. and, pre- and pretend it never happened. Well, and I think that's the thing here. Well, first off, when y'all are talking about just Chris Rock as a stand-up, see, for me, watching that special... Uh, he does come across as, a, as an expert in his craft to me. Like, I understand that maybe like some of the jokes were outdated or things like his that. Delivery is good. Yeah, his the, delivery is good. Yeah. His delivery and the performance aspect of it. He's an absolute pro. Like, he knows what he's doing and he commands the stage. And, um, you know, I don't think he wrote most rehearsed. of those jokes because a lot of it was about like current topics. So I feel like he has a writer too. And so he's. I mean, maybe it's, it's possible. I, I don't know. But I, obviously, the. Will Smith and Jada stuff seemed to come from the heart. He obviously, for better or for worse, seemed to be placing a lot of the blame of the whole situation onto Jada. Um, I mean, he even had the part where he said, you know, Will Smith hurt me, but she hurt him, you know, way more than he hurt me. And, you know, that it's just displaced anger and all that. So in my mind, coming out of the special it comes across as way more scathing towards Jada than it even does towards Will in, in the first place. And I think that there's a lot of Will Smith fans that not to speak for the, for these people like this, I, this imaginary group of people that I'm talking about, just like not imaginary, but um, non-tangible group of people that we're talking about of like Will Smith fans. I, I would assume they probably feel that way too. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, 
Hey, and be breaking news today. Breaking news will be soon as Will Smith's filing for divorce thanks to Chris Rock. <laughs> I mean, I'm I putting it in his head that he. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, he yeah, he definitely came for Jada, and uh, I don't know. That's kind of wrong. Uh, uh, now now that you say it, I didn't really think about it that way, but yeah, yeah you're right. That is kind of messed up. She already, I don't know. She did her thing, and it's not really anyone's. I mean, I say it's no one's business, but they they did kind of. Put it on they air out their own laundry for everybody. Yeah. Also, a podcast about the wrongdoings we do. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? And, and this is what I was saying at the beginning with all these hot button topics we've talked about and the offensive nature of things. I ex- I went into it expecting offensive things to be coming out of it. It's Netflix's first live comedy special. There's going to be offensive things. So from that regard, I wasn't um, surprised by and anything. It's Chris Rock, you know, it's it's Chris Rock's not a family comedy special kind of guy. You know, that's put your kids to bed comedy. Everybody knows that. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, you we're all talking about it. And there's too. <laughs> tons of tons of articles on it. So I feel like the viral nature of it was successful to a degree i don't know if if i haven't looked to see if netflix has released any numbers i doubt it netflix has always been kind of protective of their numbers and how many people watch or so on so forth but i i'll be interested to see what they do release about it and if you y'all like this live i like this live format for netflix i think it could be good I, I think, forward. admittedly, for me, I watched it because it was their first one and of the publicity. But if they're doing live comedy specials, you know, once a month or whatever, I don't know if I'm going to tune into every single one. I mean, what's the I difference of just uploading a, an act anyways? I mean, I don't know what the difference is live and not live for stand-up comedy, to be honest. Nip slips. so dumb to me. It's so dumb. They're so late, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> YouTube has been doing live shit. Twitch has been doing live shit. Uh, Peacock does live WWE pay-per-views, and they've been doing that for like eight months. They just stream and on Disney Plus with Dancing with the Stars. So they've it's been... like, what? Like, okay, Big Whoop, you're late to the game, and it, like Drew said, it's it's a comedy special. So okay, good, you got Chris Rock. So people will tune into this one, and maybe the next one if it's Chris Rock again. But no one's going <laughs> to tune into comedy specials on Netflix for the rest of forever. It's just but here's here Chris ones. Rock. If you if here's you what it comes down the to the bottom of the barrel, it's, people definitely aren't going to watch. It's it's really a test of the technology, though, because it's not going to be just comedy specials. It's going to be live sporting events. It's going to be award shows. It's going to be all the other things that they can air. And this is just which is weird because the SAG Awards was a Netflix thing and they did it live on the YouTube channel for Netflix. And I don't know why they even didn't try that for the actual app. That was the because they thing. they wanted the Chris Rock special to be the first they, they wanted to have that behind it for the marketing of it to be like, this is Netflix's first live streamed thing. I think that's why. And then in the future, yeah, the SAG awards will be streamed live on the app and on their YouTube, you know, and as, as this was, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like I would have much rather them streamed it through their streaming streaming service, but I understand why they did it the way they did. You know, know, I would watch a marketing standpoint on Netflix. Battlebots. Hmm. Nice. I really yeah, like Battlebots. Battle is on. Uh, it's it, Battlebots is the best reason to subscribe to Discovery Plus because mm. um, I believe all the seasons of Battlebots are on there. Is that uh, not included in HBO Max? What's what's going on? Not yet. This? Whenever the, their service does 
officially mm. have the merge that's i think it's supposed to be in like the next few months it's I have to it's i'm my... tired of these i'm tired of this stuff all the bundling the bundling <laughs> yeah from oh, yeah. your, ins from your insurance yeah from your insurance to your streaming platforms it's all about the bundle it's all about the and bundle. we talked about it last oh, week God, when talking wait about for netflix auto insurance <laughs> we we talked about all the lead <laughs> live uh, live quotes on netflix <laughs> you just call in you open and it's you and take it's a picture flow. of your license plate. And then flow they make a, an Netflix. original series about your car. It just all feels like you're eventually going to go to a provider one day and be like, okay, give me the Netflix Paramount Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus bundle, and I'll pay this much a month, and you just give me all the streaming services, and that's where all your live live sporting events are and everything, and then all of a sudden you just have cable again. But through all, all If we're being honest, I feel like... It's going to be Disney or Amazon insurance. I feel like those are the two most likely. Amazon, because they just have now the pharmacy. So uh... yeah, they have the pharmacy now. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love Amazon insurance because they're going to tell you they cover everything, and then you're going to pay it all out of pocket. And if you complain, they're going to take away your Amazon Prime. They're going to charge you shipping from your house to your, the hospital. Just add it to your account and be like, yeah, well, if you don't want to pay us, you just will anyways. Your credit card's connected, dipshit. I like the idea of two dudes stuffing you in a box and shipping you to the hospital. Uh, that's really funny. Yeah, I like that. Instead of a ambulance showing up, an Amazon <laughs> truck shows the up. Amazon drone. <laughs> you know, we're at a point where the Amazon uh, infrastructure is probably better than our public service infrastructure anyways. Oh, you yeah. Have a better bet getting to the hospital with an Amazon van. Well, yeah, they have money. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, we will move on now to the Mandalorian premiere. Um, that happened last week, which actually... We're recording this. It is Tuesday, March 7th that we are recording. So the second episode of Mandalorian will come on tomorrow morning, um, which is likely when this audio will drop. So at the time this is this drops, the second episode will be out. But we just want to talk about the, the first episode for just a minute or two here, because I would love to get y'all's thoughts. And I will start with Jahan. What did you think of the premiere of The Mandalorian Season 3? Uh, I really like the Baby Yoda you got there, uh, Sean. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, I love Mando. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, it was good. It was a good introduction back into the, the series. Um, I like the way it starts off. The, honestly, the, the the alligator scene, I was like, like, it just felt really, you know, why are you going to do your ritual next to that lake? That that alligator lives there, and you should probably before, be aware. But yeah, yeah. No. Before you get into all the specifics, I just want to know your general takes. My though, general takes... <laughs> my Break it down. My general takes are, um, I liked it. It has potential. I'm excited for where it's going. And Bo-Katan uh, apparently just chills in that throne being broody all day so that's fine mm -hmm. super broody super broody <laughs> top tier brood there's not even a tv uh, in that room it's just john how how about you for the new season i feel like they're gonna aim this season more towards a younger audience it seems like with uh, hmm. a couple of scenes we saw at grogu and i don't know what those creatures are called but the babu freak little guys uh um, oh, they're called babu freaks 
No, I'm just Is that what they are? Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to have to pull up the, <laughs> pull up their name. the nerdiest side of all in Wikipedia and see what those are called. Because some there's some Star Wars fan listening to this who's going, Oh, they're, they're called. I know. No, but I'm super they excited. There's going to be some fun Anzellans. stuff. Anzellans? Anzellans. This guy's favorite right here. He loves them. They're cute to him. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good season. They already said, you know, they're working on on four already. So you know, I think three is gonna be more like a. The season's gonna be more of a. It might be a filler, kind of like leading up to what it's going to the future of the Star Wars TV universe is gonna be like. So I'm not sure there's gonna be like really huge stakes per se, but I could be wrong. Um, but I think this <gasps> might be a fun journey to see between the two of them. I just spent like over 30 seconds on Wikipedia and I feel like I need a shower. <laughs> Got all that nerd on me. Ew. Welcome to my life. Why don't you go to Star Trek's Wikipedia? Oh, wait. Theirs is just on regular Wikipedia. Oh, a sick bird. Oh. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not sure at all. <laughs> I'm not sure at all. Captainpedia. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Gary, what'd you think of the Mandalorian premiere? First of all, the Star Trek wiki is called Memory Alpha, and all right, that's second, awful. Secondly, um, I watched the whole episode of The Mandalorian. I promise, but I only remember like the last thirty seconds, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And I popped up out of my chair, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, so the ending was really exciting, and I'm stoked. But I honestly, I'd have to rewatch the whole episode. I I have no idea. I sat in my chair, I looked at the screen, and, like, Star Wars just puked at me, and, and then something happened at the end. Yeah, How many episodes I mean, is a season supposed to be? It's going to be eight again. Eight? Yeah. Like all the already, previous seasons, except I think Book of Boba Fett was seven. Not a lot. Well, and especially, the, it, the first episode was short. That was my biggest takeaway. And I know that it's always been kind of that way with Mandalorian, but when you're used to shows like The Last of Us now that are, you know, an hour, or, or even the third episode was like 75 minutes, you know, these long prestige TV shows, and then you watch The Mandalorian and it's over in 30 minutes, you're like, oh, wow, like that just zipped by. Um, I'm with you all. I mean, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. The production value's high. Everything looks really good. Um What's the what's their technology called? The screen, screen. It's not screen. The volume. Space. The, the volume. The way they film. There's their stage. The volume. The, the is volume. That what they call it. Yeah. The, the volume. volume. It all looked good. Um, it definitely feels smaller stakes though. I mean, it's like you know he's going to the minds of Mandalore if he can and to become to a Mandalorian himself. again. Yeah. I mean, I guess that maybe that's degrading to him to say that small stakes it's big stakes to to our boy din Dajarin, but um you know in this in the sense of the show it's like there's no grand looming villain or anything we we saw this new pirate villain that kind of reminded me of davy jones from the pirates <laughs> of the Car Caribbean yeah. movies why is why is um, a space pirate made out of seaweed drew right it doesn't right? make any sense it should be made out of space weed if anything yeah exactly Space did the beginning really high? Yeah. Did the beginning of the episode get y'all? Were like, I thought it was some sort of flashback or him that's as a I kid, too. and that's then all I of a sudden yeah. his Naboo fighter comes in, and I was like, oh, okay. I assume that's what they were going for. It got me. Uh, but I don't know. There were some things where like I enjoy watching the show. It's great, but I, you know, am not clamoring for an IG Eleven return after his sacrifice at the end of the first season so I like there's that, that whole dumb. subplot with him trying to rebuild ig11 i'm like 
okay, like that better not be like in every episode. Like he has to piece it together and figure it out. Like, are I don't there, want be... <laughs> am I missing something? Are there hardcore Mandalorian fa- Mandalorian fans who are like, oh, IG Eleven, yes, no. just what I wanted. Like, no. okay. Um, I, 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 if anything, I, I agree it was a thousand percent. <laughs> it's stupid. I'm, I think battle droids and assassin droids are absolutely awesome, so I'm all for it. Yeah, but get a new one. <laughs> Just just introduce another character. Well, do they have a reason for he wanted him back? Like a, I guess it's just to get us the Anzellans on screen, and if that's their reasoning, I'm fine with that too. Because I did enjoy and laugh at them in that little appearance there, so I'll I'll take that at least. Yeah, who's a big fan from an emotional standpoint? (laughs) That guy, that guy, this guy, and this guy, yeah, Gary. This guy's a big fan. Anzellans are the only good thing about the third trilogy. Uh, I have one back here somewhere. He's tucked away. Baba Reek. I don't know if there... I mean, obviously, it was a short episode of TV. It was the premiere. It's kind of all set up. So I guess there's not that much more to say about it. Gary Gary needs to rewatch it, apparently. I got lots <laughs> no, to say. Just watch the next sure. one and watch the recap at the beginning. It was, you know, like you said, it's it was 30 minutes, and so it was just so fast. I mean, I, I fear, seriously, it felt like a Star Wars just sneezed in my face. And then it was over, and the ending I thought was awesome, and it hooked me, and I'm excited for more. But it just flashed by, and it must have been the 30-minute runtime. Yeah, I'm saying I think these are kind of going to be aimed for younger audience, too. It reminded me like shows I watched when I came home from school, elementary school, and they were like really quick little watches, and they set up something for the next episode. Like, the next adventure, here we go. Stay tuned next week. Yeah, well, and I'm almost... Oh, go ahead, John. I mean, I, I hope it's not, you know, uh, going to be too kitty i i get where you're coming from but like i feel i feel like this series has potential for real grit especially with a lot of the subject matter they've touched on in the past um but but not the toys but oh, the, think of the toys Christ. yeah exactly i mean geez they sold so many of those damn blue macaroons from uh, uh if you remember so right the ig11 why would they rebuild them if they could introduce another droid and make more toys they're missing an opportunity because they haven't sold all them yet and the walmart back they don't want to put them on clearance also yeah. they want to sell some little we gotta move these toys. pops or they have a bunch of broken ones and so they introduce a broken version oh, in the show yeah, they just throw like th- two angelins in with a broken ig11 yeah yeah there's there's been some criticism of shows like obi-wan and and mandalorian whatever uh, all these things just end up coming back to tatooine too much and so on and and obviously we saw some new stuff in this first episode so like if the mandalorian just becomes eight episodes of him hopping between different planets and seeing more star wars lore and things like i'm cool with that too make that's make the show into that i'm I'm here for it so what we did see so i really like going back to navarro and it becoming this hub this like civilized hub. It's really cool to watch. We never really got to see a uh, Star Wars city develop like that before. And like right. it went from being a city that you would find on Tatooine to this like cool port, all these different races everywhere. Um I forget the character's name, but the 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 guy that gave him his bounty hunter jobs is now like this trade lord uh and then they have the sh- oh the shootout with the pirates is cool, and then you know we get to go to the Mandalore sector to this to a Mandalorian castle, see Bo-Katan being all broody, uh, but I'm very excited to see the poisoned surface of Mandalore, um, apparently made completely out of glass now, and 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all of that. I, I really hope it's not a fetch quest to repair this robot. It's dumb. <laughs> I don't, want I don't think it will be, but it was just a thing in the first episode that I stood out to me as like, am I supposed to care about this more than I do? I didn't get it at all, That's man. how I felt about it. But I just want more Ahsoka. But... More lightsabers. Yep. Okay. Well, sounds like we're all, you know, on a similar page. So that's the Mandalorian uh, premiere. And we, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more here and there as the season goes on. And you we'll can, talk about it. You can consider in me full a Fandalorian. Let's go Chris Rock, not fresh for me. Mandalorian feeling pretty fresh out the box. I agree. Oh, man. Do we have a... a do we limit it to fresh and not fresh, or is there like a, a yeah, middle ground of like is it fresh and no not fresh, fresh or not? Yep, it either is or it uh, isn't. I guess that's fair. Like it can't be, nothing could be fresh and either watch it not fresh watch it. and not not fresh. I'll say Chris Rock. I'll I'll say Shelf fresh, stable. but like I mean, it is like right there on the. It's barely fresh. Like it's it's give it a few more days and it it might go a little sour i I don't know but right now it's measuring slightly fresh just for at least what seemed like a um like a big moment for netflix i guess um but i'm hesitant on it mandalorian i'll definitely say fresh this is a very chris rock not fresh that's last year's news last last year's topic (laughs) not fresh all right that is uh, last year 2022 no thank you move on should have gone to something with Dave Chappelle and done something with him if you wanted to talk about it. Yes, one hundred percent. Chris Rock was the wrong guy. Chappelle is a Netflix guy, or they should have picked Bo Burnham so they could have a new, younger form of comedy and not this old, dated hate comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Bo, Bo Burnham would have been way better. Yeah. Even though Chappelle has said all this hot stuff and pissed people off, they just hired Chris Rock to do the same thing. Yeah. Sean tells us to move on. We'll move on into <laughs> our fresh picks of the week. This is our weekly segment where we talk about all the things we've been watching and enjoying. And we've already been going for a while on all these big topics. So maybe some of these things we can go through. I always say this. Eh, we'll go through this kind of quick. And then three hours later, we'll be wrapping it up. But um, I will say, I know Sean and I both have seen Creed 3, which was the big new movie release from this past week and uh i think we both were pretty positive on it i did see your review on nerdtropolis nerd-tropolis.com throwing throwing that out there um sean what'd you think of creed three four and a half out of five stars Ooh, yeah <laughs> and i'm probably sitting at a four myself so uh like it was awesome i mean trilogies usually are weak for a lot of franchises like they don't do very well and especially getting michael b jordan director's seat for the first time you know i was reluctant but he also had a lot of help like he had some a good team behind him he had a coogler too and a couple other like really well-rounded director helps you know behind him but i thought bringing jonathan majors in this was brilliant uh, i think without majors i think the film wouldn't have been that great but i think that was a really good opponent to have uh, totally agree. I thought Creed three was really good. Um, I think it's probably doesn't, it's not quite as good as the first one, which I love the first one, but I'd say it's better than the second one, but majors might just be, I'm going to say a bold statement here, but as far as the Rocky and Creed franchises are concerned, if you consider them all one, you know, it's like the Rocky franchise, uh, under the same umbrella, Jonathan majors might be the best 
boxing villain that we've had in any of these movies. That's the best story. The story is so yeah, rich. And, and I mean, Apollo Creed and Drago and Clubber Lang and all these are characters I love from the old Rocky movies. But, like, man, Majors is so good. And obviously, we talked a lot about him with our Quantumania review. But he's somehow more menacing in Creed 3 than he even is as Kang. Like he, but also, uh, he's... he's not just menacing, though. You, at times, you kind of feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. when you watch it because the situation he's in and you know at the end is the end when they start talking but you kind of realize he's not a bad guy but he really wanted to accomplish what he wanted to and he just got locked up before he could so you kind of feel for him so it's one of those types of villains saying keith is a bad guy but i am not bad guy yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i uh i i was wondering if i was gonna miss sly in this one if i was gonna miss rocky and like or if or if his present like his lack of presence i should say would be felt in this one and maybe a little bit but not i didn't find myself actively thinking about him that much during the movie like i it was a a good enough standalone story um of adonis creed and and this guy from his past and i don't know i was i was super invested in it i thought it was really good it's great performances um, I don't know, man, but Jonathan Majors, just this, uh, we all knew he was going to have this big moment this year between Quantumania and, and this right off the bat. But like, man, after this, he just feels like the, the biggest new movie star, like true movie star we've had in a long time. He's a real uh, deal actor. Like he is a real talent. Like he, he knows how to do the work right. And if you if you listen to some of it, when I was at the press conference virtually, he was talking about that character of his, uh, Dame Anderson. Anderson's his stepdad's last name, so he kind of what his his stepdad went to uh, to prison for at some point, but he also was trying out for the Dallas Cowboys. So like he really had big goals, but also he had other situation going on. And also Kugler had a friend similar to Dame and was in prison, so like he molded that character around two different people and kind of created that. So it's pretty brilliant how he he, he did that. And, Came off with a great performance. I just feel like Jonathan Majors will have the potential to bring in an audience just by him and his name alone in the future in a way that, you know, in the way of the old movie stars, in a way that some of the newer stars haven't been able to do. Like, that might be that might be me drew because like i've never seen any of these movies but jonathan majors and then the way that you guys have talked about it uh and some of the fight scenes like i'm actually kind of interested uh because i i i think i'll always be a jonathan majors fan this one you can probably honestly watch without having seen all the rest i mean it really gives you enough it gives you a little background on on donnie at the beginning and and you know, because it's worth noting in Creed three, like Adonis Creed is retired at this point. Like he's doing other stuff, and um, it's of course the fight with Jonathan Majors Dame Anderson character that brings him out of retirement. I don't think that's like a spoiler no. to say. You know they're gonna fight. Obviously, I mean it's called Creed three, uh, right? But you yeah, don't have exactly. to watch the first two. The only reason to watch the first two is really if you want to see Rocky. Really, that's really yeah. Creed one and two really are extension of where Rocky's at. But if you haven't seen any of the Rocky movies, then it really doesn't matter. But still, Michael B. Jordan's great in all those movies, and it it flows really nicely to see where he started from and where he's at now, and seeing how what the people he fought before were nothing compared to who he's fighting now. I think it's like the biggest fight of his life. 
I just think if you are really interested in seeing Jonathan Major's performance in this, and maybe you haven't seen the rest of the Creed or Rocky movies, like you can probably get through this just fine and enjoy Jonathan what Jonathan Majors is doing here without having all the history of the franchise or anything. It's it's fine. It works as a standalone movie. I guess I'd all sit down and better. watch every movie with you from the first Rocky to Creed three. I Ooh, like yeah. that, Sean. <laughs> That's how obsessed I am with the franchise. Let's do this. <laughs> and and one thing that you would probably like, Jahan, um, I'm not a big anime head, but there are a lot of anime-inspired aspects to the fight scenes and everything in the movie, like direct... Uh, Dragon Ball Z. They, so, so I think it's Kugler's brother that co-wrote this film, and he's a big anime like junkie, and he was saying how him and Michael Jordan were just geeking out all the time, and he was saying Michael was like... You know that shot from that anime? Let's just replicate that. Let's just grab pieces mm-hmm. from that and do that. Just tell the studio that's where you got it from. It's not a big deal. We'll just put it in there and, and put some homage to that. But like, he said, like, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Naruto. Like, Naruto is, like, who, like, Adonis Creed is to him. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's really where the influence comes I'm from. I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan is a huge Naruto fan. So that makes sense. Yeah, well, he, a- I believe he's a yeah big anime fan. And so he... Yeah, there's influences here that are present, so you would probably get something out of that as well. So I'm so it's clear that Sean and I are both certifying fresh and would recommend it. I I really enjoyed it. I I like all the Rocky movies and everything. I think they're they all are solid in their own ways, except for maybe the fifth one, fifth Rocky movie. I don't know. Is that the street? These, is that the street fight? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. But anyway, it's it's a great franchise, and the Creed franchise has been all three of them have been good. But this one, uh, it was even. I went into it hoping that Jonathan Majors was going to be good, and I went in getting everything being good. So I, I like when things are good. I like when movies are good. It's nice. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got on Creed three. Um, so I'll throw it off to one of y'all. I, I, as I sat there and, like I said, oh, we're going to go through these really fast, and then Sean and I talk for. 20 minutes on Creed 3. I don't know how long it really was, but I'll, I'll hand it off to Gary. Let's go to you, Gary. I have gone through a roller coaster of emotions with the show Bust Down. Bust Down actually came out last year, but now it is purchased by Peacock, and now it's a Peacock original instead of an HBO show. Uh, but while I've been reading on it, and while I've been discovering this fantastic show, Uh, I learned that one of the main characters and co-creators of the show died last year. He committed suicide in March of last year. And so the chance we're going to get more of this show is, I don't know, it says they might get a season two, but now all of a sudden I'm I'm less excited than I was. Uh, The show is called Bust Down. It is an absolutely inappropriate, over-the-top, raunchy comedy. Uh, It is... Four black stars, they all work in a casino at dead-end jobs, and they're always just getting into some kind of shenanigans. Uh, It kind of feels a lot like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, especially because the three main creators and writers are the three stars, and then they have, like, a star with them, which is Chris Redd from Saturday Night Live. Uh, He was also Hunter the Hungry in Pop Star Never Stop Stoppin'. Uh, so I'm a fan of Chris Red. I think he's hilarious. I'm a really big fan of the show Bust Down, uh, but it's wildly inappropriate. Let me just tell everyone that before you watch it. The first episode covers uh, two different kinds of sexual assault. 
one is a guy gets grabbed at work and then the other was one of the main characters was a kid he was sexually assaulted by his mom's friend uh but it is a comedy so seeing how they tackle these things these really sensitive subjects uh it's very funny you know if, if those are sensitivities to you and those are something that you don't want to expose yourself to i get it but bust down one of the funniest shows i've seen in recent memory uh, i can't recommend it enough it's on peacock there are six episodes I watched them all and then turned around and started watching them again today. I've been texting everybody I know saying, hey, you got to watch this show. you got to watch this show. Every group chat I'm in, every person that I, that I know that's into comedy, you got to watch Bust Down on Peacock. Inappropriate, absolutely hilarious. Uh, certified Sam, fresh for me. Is Sam J better in this than in You People, a movie that you and I were pretty outspoken about how much we did not like it? So Sam J in this, Sam plays Sam J, I think. She's uh, just kind of, she's a cafeteria lady and she's in uh, a relationship, in a gay relationship with another woman. She's cheating on her girl. And so you're kind of seeing uh, what her personal life is about and kind of how she's feeling like she's at a dead end job. So she's taking it out on her relationship. Uh, so there's a lot of character depth there and growth from her. And she sort of plays the straight man. Um, Everyone else is sort of wacky and goofy in their own way. Like, one of the guys is just, like, an anime nerd, and he's a maniac. He's totally in his own head and always getting off to just the most insane things. Chris Red thinks that he's, like, the hottest gift since God's, you know, uh, the hottest gift in the world. So he's, he, like, thinks he's a VIP guy, and he's always trying to fix his hat and make sure his hat looks stylish. Uh, and then you have a guy who's like the social justice warrior who always wants to stand up for black power and black rights and stand up for what's right and go to the man and report the problem. Uh, and then all of his friends are constantly making fun of him. So Sam is kind of the straight man in the whole thing. I was just curious because she stood out to me in You People, but it was kind of a nothing part in that film for somebody that maybe could have been entertaining in something else. That's At, what I was curious. When the show first started, I was like, man, she's kind of low energy. I'm not sure if she was the right cast, but like maybe, maybe like four or five minutes into the episode, you, when you realize that she's just the straight man, uh, she's hilarious because she just doesn't, you know, she has no faith in the system, no faith in people at all. She thinks all of her friends are idiots. And so the, having that character kind of balance the cast is, is great. And having her sort of, uh, Maybe not necessarily monotone, but kind of her flat delivery sometimes, it, it works great. Um, bust Down on Peacock. You should watch it. And if you're offended, don't blame me. Blame the writers. But I think you should laugh at it with your laughing box. <laughs> All right. Um, Jahan, how about you? Uh, I So I got mostly video game stuff. Um, I guess I'll do... So two of these things are like news. One of them is the actual game. Wulong, uh, free on Game Pass as of yesterday, I believe. Um, this is... heard the first boss is really hard. First boss really hard. Um, but so this is this is a Souls like uh, style of game. You die, you come back. You have to go kill the guy that killed you. Otherwise, you know you don't get your stuff back. Kind of thing. Um, there's like there's like a small amount of the shadow of war kind of system where like when someone kills you they get a little stronger uh, until you kill them kind of thing. Uh, I don't know how deep that goes because I haven't played it that much, but I did try it out. Uh, takes place in uh, a fantasy ancient China uh, where there is 
the war, like one of, one of their their big ancient war before they unified. Uh, that 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 part of the history, uh, the kingdoms history is going on. Um, the yellow turban army is killing everybody, and then uh, then this other faction is like trying to stop them. But also, they're they're both bad. And then there's this whole thing with like elixir and like it makes you immortal and that's what we really want and like demons are coming uh so like they throw a bunch of supernatural stuff i gotta kill some undead so that's always a good day uh pretty good pretty damn good combat uh from what i saw so far there's a pare system so like when people are coming at you you gotta deflect them you gotta get behind them uh otherwise they'll just murder you uh, it's very unforgiving uh, so if you like punishing yourself, it is one of those games. I liked it. Uh, I didn't play it enough to certify it one way or another, but you know it's worth a check out if you are a Souls fan. Definitely check it out. If you're not, I don't think this game's going to change your mind. It's also made by Koei Tecmo, which is the Dynasty Warriors company. So if you're a Dynasty Warriors there, fan and a Souls-like fan, you will certainly love it. There is uh, some strong uh, Dynasty Warrior vibe. Yes, which Dynasty Warriors is based on Romance of the Three Kingdoms, so that's, of course, you have the Yellow Turban Uprising, which no. is a historical thing that they fictionalized to make it like a big event to unite China. So a lot of ancient Chinese history, some mythology mixed in, but unforgiving indeed. I played it for like 40 minutes and then was like, uh, I'm going to have to uninstall this, baby. It was, tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun for what it was worth, but the Dynasty Warriors fan in me uh, did not overcome the the Souls-like dis dislike for me. If yeah, it's not going to overcome Souls dislike. If you don't like Souls games, this won't do it for you. But if you that are a Souls beautiful. fan, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The combat's good. If you're a Souls fan, this game definitely check it out. Free on Game Pass. Uh, and if you're unsure about Souls games, once again, free on Game Pass. I think it's certified fresh. What do you think, Jahan? I mean, I didn't play it enough, honestly, to really feel like it was certified fresh. For all I know, the boss battles are garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it could get worse. As not a Souls-like fan, it seemed fresh enough to me. Like I said, I uninstalled it because I'm bad at that game. Uh, but I didn't uninstall it because of anything the game did wrong. No, no, there's... I didn't see a single thing the game did wrong. And on top of all of that stuff, the character customization is Bernanners. And also, shout out to them for making it uh, more gender inclusive. Because they let you pick your... Uh, they let you pick your pronouns, and they and they uh, they have the instead of male and female, they have body types, uh, which is a huge. It's a good thing that most games should probably start doing. Uh, it just makes people feel uh, included. So shout out to them for that. And yeah, it's a dope game. So cool. Well, you had a few other game new. I don't think Gary would and you I like had me any... to slap that. Slap it. All right, I'll slap it. Uh, in other gaming news, I was excited about some of this stuff because you know, you know, I like different games than than you you guys. Uh, but on something that Gary's probably equally as excited about, um, Ghost Ship, uh, who does Deep Rock Galactic, uh, they are officially a publishing company kind of thing now, and they're doing multiple games. Uh, the first of which is called Spell Rogue. Uh, you can check these all out on their website right now. You can wishlist everything on Steam, so check it out. Uh, but Spell Rogue is a turn-based deck-building roguelike where you can cast powerful spells using your mana dice, gain legendary artifacts, upgrade your spells, and experiment with potent combinations to annihilate the Voidwalkers corrupting the world. Uh, it looks cool. Graphically, it looks amazing. Uh, it looks 
So, like, there, there's a million and a half roguelike deck builders. A million and a half times ten. But, like, and I, and I look at all of them. Uh, this one, this one definitely seems like it has that something that makes it one of the ones that's worth getting. Uh, I think this is going to sit comfortably next to uh, Slay the Spire and uh, Demon Train and all that good stuff. Um, the other, another game that they're making, uh, Dark Swarm. It's a top-down co-op tactical shooter where you kill aliens. Not as excited for this one. It looks pretty. It looks like a pretty basic top-down shooter. Not that exciting to me. Uh, but the real exciting news for this guy, uh, Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. Uh, which is a uh, single-player survivor-like auto shooter, uh, where you are actually it is it is a top-down version essentially of uh, Deep Rock Galactic, and so you're still playing these same characters, you're still in the mines, you're still killing the bugs, but it's a completely different play style, uh, more strategic, um, and you're, it's an auto auto shooter, auto battler. It says auto shooter, uh, so uh, I. Games like that, typically that means... I feel like it means that, like, you don't get to choose when you shoot. You just get to choose where you shoot. And, like, I don't know. It looks interesting, for sure. Uh, I'll I'll be playing it because I love Ghost Ship and I love Deep Rock. Um, but that's all the Ghost Ship news. The other news, Paradox just dumped a bunch... Uh, Paradox Interactive, their, their game company, if you're not familiar, they make a lot of games... Uh, they make a lot of games. Most of them, a lot of them are strategy games and like city builders and that kind of thing. Uh, but so the biggest, the biggest franchise you might be familiar with from them is City Skylines. Uh, that's all over Xbox. You can play it on PC. Uh, they have it on Xbox Game Pass. They just announced uh, that City Skylines 2, an, a full official sequel, is coming out this year. Uh, it promises to be the most realistic city builder ever. And of course, SimCity was canceled like six or eight years ago at this point, and maybe even two yeah. Years so ago. this is this is definitely the SimCity killer. This is the one. This is this is this took the mantle. Um, so if you were a fan of SimCity, this game is at least that good, but it's probably better. Um, did you see that The Sims is getting a, 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 I, a, a I did. Opponent? That's crazy. After all these years. Uh, so, yeah, finally, so that's part of this as well. Paradox Entertainment also announced uh, Life by You, uh, which is a sim game. Uh, it is just like The Sims. You are a person in a house living your life. Uh, it looks pretty good. It looks it looks a lot like The Sims, but it's a little less cartoony, uh, a little bit more of a realism vibe. And who knows what their, what their uh, game's going to be like. Um, other, the other game from them, so yeah, it was City Skylines, uh, this Sims game, Life by You, and then Meet the Lamplighters League is the third one that I'm really excited for by them. This is a, um, it's supposed to be like XCOM meets Indiana Jones, so it is a turn-based strategy game, uh, where you are doing tactical combat while raiding like lost tombs and whatnot. And I know I know that this wasn't necessarily your forte before Drew, but I feel like I brought you into the fold a little bit with my Midnight Suns wreck. Uh so maybe this will be something you're into. Uh but every XCOM fan should rejoice. This looks like it could be good. Uh so check it out. Um they also I mean from from Paradox they also announced like no shit, like twelve other things. Uh, 
I'll, I'll just go through them real, real quick. Just I'll just name them. Uh, Crusader Kings 3, uh, Tours of Tournaments. It's an expansion. Uh, Surviving the Aftermath Rebirth. Uh, Europa 4, Universe Sales uh, Domination, coming in spring. Uh, Across the Obelisk. Mechabellum, which I don't know what that is. And then uh, Knights of Pen and Paper 3. Uh, Knights of Pen and Paper is pretty fun. Maybe this will also be great. Uh, more Stellaris stuff and more Age of Wonders stuff. Victoria 3. Uh, those are all... It's just a slew of strategy games. Uh, if you're into any of that stuff, rejoice. If not, I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> we, might get, we might get a lot of this on Game Pass because a lot of Paradox Entertainment's games do come to, to Game Pass. Uh, so fingers crossed, but I will definitely not be waiting to play Lamplighters, City Skylines 2, and Life by You. I'll be buying all of those with my own money. I want to talk about a video game real quick. I, I totally forgot I had played Road 96, and I've been playing it on and off the past week. It's one of those things that's just been on Game Pass forever, and I just kind of scroll past it, or I'll click on it and look at it and be like, nah, I don't think that's for me. Uh, but Rogue 90, Road 96 is a really interesting game. Uh, it's set in fictional 1994 in a, a harsh dictatorship country that is sort of like a, you know, like a Arizona, New Mexico, but across the entire nation. And teenagers are being taken and thrown into pits, and you're trying to escape the country. Um, in the game, you play as a bunch of different random teenagers, like a roguelike game. You can fall asleep and be captured by the police. You can be killed on the road by ne'er-do-wells. Uh, and you have to start over your adventure. And it shows you, like, you know, if you failed that chapter, then you failed. You don't get to know all of the information. So the whole time you're trying to learn about all the tertiary characters in the game. You're trying to go and learn about the trucker who you, you meet if you hitchhike. And you're trying to learn about the taxi cab driver whose daughter got killed. And you only find him if you have enough money to call the cab during your roguelike run-through. And so each time you unlock different items and you keep them from run to run so you have more options and you can do more things like steal cars and search through trash cans for items. Um, it's just the way it plays is a storytelling game. Uh, it's not a first-person shooter, it's not a card game, it's storytelling. It's just storytelling at its finest. Multiple characters, tons of playthrough, uh, something different to see every time. And Road 96 is made by like a 15-person French indie studio. So while it doesn't have the best art, there's just something about the conversations and going through this game that are, it's just fascinating and unreal. Um, and it covers a lot of sort of mirrored real-life topics and, and sensitive political issues. Um, I think it's great. I think Road 96 is definitely worth a play if you want to play something different. And, and not necessarily, it's, it's not hard, you know, it's not a puzzle game. It's just a conversation game where if you choose the wrong conversation topics, you get killed and have to go to the next chapter. Um, absolutely recommend it. Road 96, super fresh. Came out last year, so it's still sort of new. Uh, fresh out the box, Road 96 on Game Pass. I've actually been wondering about that game, so I'm glad you played it. Maybe I'll check it's it out. Huge recommendation for me, man. And I think you especially will like it because it is really politically motivated and politically charged. A lot of the decisions you're making are we're going to keep dealing with this tyrant's bullcrap and just carry on and something will change eventually. Or you, you can say, we want to vote to change this place. We want to vote in the new leader. Or you can say uprise destroy everything down with the government burn it all yeah do that and one so the, 
there are a couple of more choices in between, but that's mostly what the game is about is how to overthrow a political dictatorship, the story game. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Well, I'm going say. to I'm going to take the reins back and talk about a few of these movies I guess that I I've been I better grab an umbrella watching. if you're going to take the reins. Hmm. I'm going to talk about a movie called After Sun. Sean, have you seen After Sun? I feel like you'd probably be the only one on here that has seen it. I know about it, but I have not seen it. I let you you watch that one. That's not for me. <laughs> okay. I do uh, believe that After Sun is nighttime. Oh boy. Um, After Sun is the directorial debut of Charlotte Wells. It stars Paul Meskel. And um, this is a like a pretty, you know, it's an A24 movie. It's a pretty small release. Um, Paul Meskel's nominated for Best Actor this year for this movie. And so I had been wanting to see it, been on my radar for a while. I've heard good things. And it is about a dad who is on vacation with his young daughter who's she's around 11 or 12 years old in the film um but it does you kind of figure out as you're watching that the dad's struggling a lot he's got um you know depression and things like that that he's dealing with and you know he puts on a happy face for his daughter um, so there's a lot of parts that are, are really fascinating, but are really heartbreaking. And, um, it, it, basically when you realize what's happening in this movie, I'll kind of speak broadly about it. Um, when you realize where it's going and everything, it really worked on me. Um, I was very, I was just gutted by this film. It's, it's wonderful. Paul Muskell's performance is fantastic. Um, I, I really liked it. This is a movie that, that is all about showing you, not telling you. So you do kind of have to figure out certain things about it. It doesn't like lay everything out for you on a silver platter. Um, but that's one of the things that worked for me with it. So I don't want to say too much more than that other than, um, I loved this. And honestly, had I seen it in 2022, um, when it came out, it probably would have made my top five of the year, but I hadn't seen it yet. So, um, but here it is. I've been catching up on some of these last Oscar um, nominees that I haven't seen yet. And this was one of them. And boy, am I glad that I watched this because I was just really taken by it. And I thought Paul Meskel's performance was great. And um, the emotional effect on it for me as a, you know, I say this a lot and John and Gary like to make fun of me for it. But like, I am a father it's to so a burn. young girl. So it's it's a little slow burn, but it's not long. It's like a, you know, it's less than an hour, 40 minutes. So it, it, it goes by pretty quick, but it's got some heavy material in it. But I, uh, I would definitely certify it fresh. I really loved After Sun. And then uh, at, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I rewatched Scream 5, uh, the newest 2022 scream um in anticipation of scream six does come out in theaters this weekend and i plan to go see it so i wanted to catch up on the most recent one and honestly i wish i had time to rewatch the entire franchise but uh i just not even i as a movie watcher have that much time right now especially since i've seen all of them within like a year and a half um but i wanted to see the newest one just to be re-familiarize myself with the new characters that are in the, you know, taking the reins of the next movie. I just said taking the reins again. 
Oh boy. Put them back. Um, Quit taking them. <laughs> I liked Scream, the 2022 Scream, a lot when I saw it in theaters. On a rewatch, I thought it was less effective. That's probably kind of the nature of whodunits in general when you know where it's going. But something about it, it's just like. Like, it's good. I liked it, but it just was not nearly as effective as it was when I saw it in theaters. I'm hearing great things about the new one, though. Is, the new is one there a looks so good. Does. It does. And I've heard, I feel like the buzz around it is positive. I know that there's going to be a review on Nerdtropolis soon. Is it up yet, Sean? I don't think it is. At, it must... at 2, 2 a.m. tomorrow. So, like, the embargo is off tomorrow. Okay, so by the time this audio posts, the review will be up. So I won't, we won't spoil what that review says. But can you, can you, can you say if it leans positive or negative by any chance? I think the Scream Five is better than Scream Six. Ooh, but interesting. Everyone has, everyone always has their favorite Scream movie in the franchise. I've, it's never always consistent among fans and critics and everybody about Scream movies. They go left, right. You know, it's it's really yeah. wild. You're right. So, Everybody has a different favorite. It's not like Star Wars fandom when people are just like, yeah, Empire Strikes Back is the best one, like where you feel like it's the consensus. Yeah, you're right. Everybody has a different scream, favorite Scream movie. Yeah, yeah I think... Let's, let's, yeah. Scream 5. I'm excited about Scream 6. Um, scream 7? I'm also, I'm also <laughs> kind of excited for 65. Isn't that this weekend also? Yeah, that is. And I was sad that they were not offering. I even reached out to Sony myself and I said, guys, is there any screenings for this movie? And they're like, unfortunately, no, but we'll buy you tickets to watch it if you really want to. I, feel I didn't like take that them up on it yet. Mode well. <laughs> no, but I was like, because I told them, I was like, this looks really fun. Like, I'm kind of disappointed that there's, you know, not an opportunity to screen this. Unfortunately, opening week and I think I'm, I'm swamped with other things, but it just reminds me of Turok. And did so I'm down for that. Did you see <laughs> What? You can't just yeah, like, you can't just say that and walk away. Yeah, it's like Torak. What, 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 the runtime? I did not. Is it is it long? Ninety three minutes. Love it. Oh, Love to see good. it. Yeah, that's good. that's a good runtime. That's really where movies need to be, to be honest. Yeah. Compared to two hours and forty minutes, what is that? One hundred and sixty minutes for or one hundred and seventy minutes for John Wick Chapter Four. Is, oh, is, is someone will killing tell dinosaurs you. in this movie? Yeah, so Adam Driver uh, finds his way back in time and has futuristic guns that's crazy, and he's just killing killing Jurassic Park. I'm sorry, is this after Sun still? No. <laughs> this is I was like, how did Drew not mention any of this off the top? Yeah, we, we went after Sun, Scream 5, Scream 6, That's right, 65. we went to Scream. After Sun's a better name than 65, which is 65 million years ago is why it's called, but After Sun will be a cool name for yeah, it. But, that's Dino. A, but 65 is a stupid name. <laughs> Well, it's because yeah, it's 65 million years ago is when it takes place. 65 That's... is how you get cheap eggs at Denny's. It has nothing <laughs> to do with dinosaurs. I mean, but... at least add, like, BC or something. <laughs> I don't know. I know, it's true. But I, I, I can, I guess, read my, my tweet about John Wick 4. It did, like, reach 75,000 people, and it got retweeted Ew. by the movie studio. That's good. So, yeah, I, can... yeah, yeah. so I said, John Wick 4, Chapter 4, is a must-watch in IMAX. Highly recommend watching it in IMAX if you can. The body count is more than the previous three installments combined. Maybe not Ooh. technically, but it really seemed like it because there was one scene where I just lost count. 
I was like, what is going on? I, I can't I can't keep up with those all dying. It is it is killer. I'll bring a, and, I'll bring one of those clickers with me. You should. I should have done that. But there's you know, Well, we're not talking about by, The Last of Us yet, Jahan. Not yet. <laughs> but you know, the amazing action scenes. There's some memorable scenes in this movie that people will walk away with be like, that is pretty awesome. And they all watch it. So I can say that about John Wick 4. And stay tuned for my Lance Reddick interview. Awesome. Um, the only other thing I had on here, and and I can kind of breeze over it, but I, you know, I'm all caught up on The Last of Us. Of course, the 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 finale is the same night as the Oscars, so they should the, do the same thing they did for Super Bowl and drop it on Bump that Friday. It Bump it forward, please, because I'm sure just as many people that watched the Super Bowl will be watching the Oscars. Are you watching? Uh, Which one are you watching? I will be watching the Oscars, and I will, I up on will the be last watching of us. exactly. <laughs> I'll probably be playing video games until like one in the morning, and then I'll watch The Last of Us. I've never watch watched The Last of Us. Then check out Wikipedia, or actually <laughs> check out Nerdtropolis, because I'm sure Sean will have the uh, winners in real time for the Oscars, and go oh, there maybe. to see who won. Yeah, you giving me a work to do, Drew? Would you? I like didn't to mean take to. I didn't that? mean to. Maybe they'll be <laughs> up the next morning. Just <laughs> I know Drew's like putting me, giving me a story to do. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I take it back. Most likely. I don't know. But it's hard for me to hey, watch I'm on Sunday I'm just trying nights. to direct people to Nerdtropolis uh, any way that. that I can. I really appreciate that. That's it for me. Last of Us. Good show. It's still good. Um, it was fun seeing Troy Baker in the newest episode. And uh, he had... I, I kind of expected he was just going to get a cameo in one episode. He had a pretty prominent role in that new new one. Was, yeah. he's really he's good. The, was he the leader? No. The second in command. Yep. Oh, okay. I, I didn't look up to see which one he was, and I didn't know what his face looked like. And even though I've probably heard Troy Baker's voice more than anyone else's voice in my entire life, I still can't really pick it out. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that episode was great. Ellie's a badass. It's all crazy. I, yeah, that, that, episode, that episode was intense, dude. I saw some fans on Reddit today complaining about the lack of zombies or clickers or whatever fights whatever mushroom monsters are called uh, and then the response to it I thought was very appropriate where they said when you're playing a video game you need something to do minute by minute you need to be doing something and so that's why there are more in the games that you can be doing something while you're getting from point A to point yeah. B uh, I love the amount of zombie mushroom mushroom zombies that have been in the show I think they've done a great job a good making us think that they're very dangerous when there's only one um, and so when they did use the horde it was really really effective and I think that Keeping the cards close to the chest is a great move. It's it's the sure. jaw strategy, right? You ju you don't show the shark until you need to show the shark, and it's the same. Exactly, and... like it's a whole movie about a shark, and you see a shark like three times tops. Like, yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you don't just need the zombies all the time. It's crazy. The less yeah. seen, the more special it is when they do show up, and the more intimidating they are as well. But That's yeah, exactly I, my thought. Zombies are not I think the, the most exciting part about zombies. It's not, I don't know. It's people are dumb. <laughs> I, I will say this about the last of us. I don't, I hope this isn't a hot take. Um, Cause I think it's really good. I like, I think the show is really solid. I think that um, it's been consistently good, but as it goes on, 
I had like a, a real high after those first three episodes. And it, while it's been good, it to me, it's just like, it's been really solid. Like it's, but it is the game. Like I played the game, so I'm familiar. So I feel like there hasn't been too much that has surprised me with it. Not that I'm really expecting it to. And I, not that I want it to stray that far from the source material, but like, it's just been really, really consistently good or good to great. But I feel like, the preseason raves of it, like the critic reviews, like it's the greatest of all time. And while I think it's really great, I don't know if I'm like that high on it. I think it's great. Absolutely great. But um, when I said at the end of the episode of Mandalorian, I would like jumped up out of my chair, like, Oh shit. Oh no. That doesn't really happen to me in last mm-hmm. of us. Uh, I'm just waiting for the, the next kind of edge of my seat nail biting week. Uh, there there hasn't been this real big story hook that you want to sit around and talk to your friends about, and no huge spoiler, um, you know, and, and surely they're building towards one, but a show like Mandalorian can do it every episode, uh, and I think that, you know, maybe maybe you don't need a, a hook at the end of every week, but it might be nice to have a couple more big hooks that really give you something to talk about and bring you back to The Last of Us. It's definitely high quality. It just needs more loud hooks at the end, I think. Something to leave you cliffhanger. Yeah, fair enough. I, I I agree. And I of course I always love that this is a story that I've been familiar with from playing the games, but now it's being shared with a whole lot more people that maybe aren't interested in playing video games. So that's always cool. But I uh I'm sure we'll talk about it more once the finale is aired and we can talk about a little, reflect on it a little bit more. I'm probably jumping the gun slightly, um, but I will pass it back to Gary to go through the rest of, of your shows, and then we can we can wrap this show up. Let's just get this piece of crap off my list. Animal Control on Hulu is a Joel McHale-led sitcom. Oh, I love no. Joel McHale, but he plays one role, and everybody knows what this show is. was all over the Super Bowl. Like, they were showing advertisements left and right for this one during the Super Bowl. I remember, this is a sitcom, right? I've only watched one episode. It is a sitcom, and Sean, what did you think of the one episode? It was okay. I need to watch more. I know Jay Chandrasekhar has directed a couple of them, so I want to see the episodes he directed. Um, But I think it's okay. Right, it's okay. It's, (laughs) at best, okay. It feels like it's from like 2003. It feels like an old dated sitcom. It doesn't feel like a new, cool turn of the century sitcom. Uh, it definitely feels like something they pulled out of out of the fridge that's been back there too long. <laughs> I mean, Joel, Joel McHale was funny once and it was in Community. I mean, Joel McHale's kind of like he's been in the back of the fridge too long and they just keep pulling him out for a project. And I feel like he's never going to have that project at this point. I, I like Joel McHale, but he should have already had it. Well, that's why they're making a, a movie already for a community. I don't know why. I, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how you do a community movie. I just, just don't get it. Well, hopefully he gets his payday from that because I don't think he's going to get his payday from season two or three of Animal Control if we're ever so cursed <laughs> to have to watch such a thing. Um, next on my list is South Park. What season are we in now? It's season 26. Oh, crap. So, Yes, South Park is like as old as we are. Well, not as old as we are, but damn close. It's older than some of our friends now. It's definitely it's older, older than, than my brother. <laughs> so South Park's been around, man, and it's been through ups and downs. And 26 seasons, you know, it can't be all good content. But 
I, I was on the record last year and maybe even the season before that. Uh, they've come around. They've gotten really good again. I really kind of fell off while they were doing the Mr. Garrison, Donald Trump stuff. Um, and then they finally got over it, and they still use Garrison as a Trump proxy, but nowhere near as much, and they definitely reeled back on it. They've got some more original funny stories that are, you know, shots at pop culture. My favorite one of this season is episode two, season 26, is called the Worldwide Privacy Tour, and the Prince of Canada gets married to a woman, and they just want their privacy. And all they do is tell everybody about how they want their privacy, even though they're royals. And she's on a TV show, and she writes a book about her privacy and how people need to respect their privacy. And then they go on a worldwide privacy tour where the prince and the princess are just going around, like, kicking your door of your house with signs. It's like, we want privacy! We want privacy! And then they're at a basketball game. We want privacy! Stop the game. Stop the whole court. Shooting off fireworks till the police show up and tell the police they just want their privacy. Uh, so, of course, it's shots at the Prince and Meghan Markle, and it's very funny. It's really done in a very funny way. Uh, I loved it. And then the episode I watched yesterday was Japanese Toilet, in which Randy Marsh buys a $10,000 Japanese toilet and invites everyone over to brag about his expensive toilet, which puts Stan in a weird spot because now he's the rich kid at school and everyone makes fun of him all the time. So maybe that's the story we're going with this season. Of course, this is coming off the Tegrity Farms where they run a weed company. Um, I recommend you go back and check out South Park. If you haven't been watching it, you should. It's funny. It's been funny again for a few years. Uh, and they keep bouncing around streaming services, but right now uh, they're on HBO, and everything is back on HBO, all the South Park seasons. So There's a go. weird um, battle going on between, I believe, Paramount and uh, Warner. There's some weird contract issues. Yeah, because Paramount had bought a couple of those straight-to-TV straight movies from those guys, and then HBO has, like, the episodes contract, so I just can't imagine how messy that is. I don't think that they've fulfilled their movie contract yet, either. Nope. I think they still have more they have to make for Paramount. Correct. Yeah, they have it. I think they're just getting as much money from every streaming service as they can, good which for is them. hilarious. Yeah, I mean, Ra Randy's, Randy's the best, man. Oh, there's also a season 26, episode one, Cartman has some Kanye moments where he like goes on TV and wears the black mask and does his interview. Uh, so that's that's really good stuff, too. The, the total Kanye. disassociation, Kanye. <laughs> uh, so I recommend South Park season 26. Check it out on HBO. Finally, last thing I have on my list is Young Rock. It's on Peacock. They're into the end of the third season now. Uh, now that The Rock doesn't want to be president in the show as the main focus of the show, it's better. Uh, now instead, he's just kind of being The Rock, and he's working on a coffee trade deal so that he can get a <laughs> cup of coffee for every American. Uh, that's the main storyline. That's so dumb. Yeah, Taft is the new president, and Taft and The Rock hate each other, but there's only one country in like the world that... former President Taft? Yeah, like his descendant. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and so that guy is sending the rock to another country because that country said they're not going to do a coffee trade deal with us because they hate that guy. And so that's the main plot of the show. And then it's all about his flashbacks into wrestling and stuff. And I've been on the record many times. I love wrestling. I love the industry. Uh, I like season three of Young Rock. I love all the cameos. And it's funny because the show doesn't really spill dirt on most people. It most makes almost every wrestler look good in their own right. It just doesn't show the bad stuff about them, you know? They just kind of gloss over it. Except he changed Shawn Michaels' name 
and recast him as a different person and talks mad shit on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Apparently, that's the guy that The Rock had a problem with because Shawn Michaels told Vince The Rock wasn't the guy. He wasn't good enough. He'd never be good enough. He'd never be a main event guy, and he should fire him. And so The Rock hates Shawn Michaels to this day. They never got over it. So that was kind of a fun piece of information for me to learn. I'm always looking for the behind-the-scenes dirt and that kind of stuff. And uh, that's it for me. That's it for my list. Most of it's been Peacock. I think I finally got around to canceling Paramount+. Plus. You know, you can't pay for all these streaming services forever. And Peacock and Hulu, those are kind of my two, man. Those, those are going to be... I have HBO connected to Hulu. Is there like a Peacock premium? I got Peacock for free. I also have the Peacock for free. I'm not paying okay. for that. I'm yeah, not paying for that junk. There probably is a premium, though. You know, I will shout out Peacock that... Uh, yeah, with commercials, no. but yeah. I don't think it is anymore. I think it oh. used to be. I don't think it is anymore. I get it with Xfinity, so I don't even know. Um, I will shout out Paramount Plus because that's where I watched Scream Five, uh, the 2022 Scream. I'll, I'll shout it out. And uh, Paramount Plus also new season of The Challenge premieres this week, and I'm gonna be watching it. It's uh, the Challenge World Championship. And uh, it premieres on uh, the 8th, tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, shout out Paramount+. Plus. I Did also... you watch Poker Face yet, Drew? I haven't, because I still have yeah. those two episodes left of Succession to still watch. I definitely also watched Scream on Paramount+, Plus because I definitely pay for everything that I watch. I just watch um, Rocco's Modern Life on, on Paramount. <laughs> That's all I watch, and Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Sean, is there anything else that you want to shout out that you've been watching? I know we've talked about John Wick Four and some other things. Just is there anything else before we say our goodbyes? I'm just gonna say because I'm pretty sure y'all talked about it, but Megan sucks. That's all I'm gonna say. I've heard nothing but good things. Wow, overrated. I liked it. Nothing happened. I thought it was Sean. fine. Nothing, Nothing happened. happened. There were was, literally two scenes in the entire movie. Uh, there was it's a micro. Crevice, it's a very micro story for like a smart house. AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I, I. You could totally just pass. You could totally pass it. And you're not missing anything. Jeez, I guess I'll just watch Glorious instead. You guys seen Glorious? No. The Shutter exclusive movie in which. Um, a man is trapped in a in a in a, uh, a truck stop bathroom. Uh, he can't get out, but he can communicate with a, an eldritch creature from beyond this world through a glory hole, uh, and <clears throat> it is voiced by J.K. Simmons. So that sounds <laughs> <K>. so good. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did almost start a movie good. on Shutter recently. Speaking of Shutter, shout out to Shutter. Uh, there's a movie on there called Slacks. S L A, I believe X X, and it's about a demonic possessed uh, pair of jeans. Oh, and, I'll watch that. Yeah. So shout out to Slacks on Shutter. Uh, jeans like are not traveling, Slacks though. The traveling pants sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. John, please, John, wrap us up. Get us out of here. Get Let's us out of here. I, I gotta put on my demon pants. Uh, hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. Uh, not watching because this is an audio show, not a video show. So thank you for listening. I have been Johanna on at Rock Fact on Twitter. 
It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG. And if you want to listen to us with your eyeballs, you can do that every Tuesday when we record this podcast at twitch.tv backslash Jahananan. Or you can watch our other show, Fresh Out the Box. That's when Jahan and I play tabletop role-playing games. We roll dice, we make voices, we play with other people, we play different games. We're always trying to teach you something fun and new and have fun and tell original stories and goof off and just have a blast. So if you're looking for some nerd friends to hang out with Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, look no further. Look at Fresh Out the Box, twitch.tv backslash Jahananan. You can go TTRPG, Fresh Out the Box on YouTube. Also, we have Facebook. We're on Twitter, Casualty CDG, Rock Fact. That's Jahan's name. He's Rock Fact. Uh, otherwise, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your loved ones. Tell your enemies. Tell, t- tell, I don't know. Tell our enemies. And Sean, where can everybody find you? <laughs> yeah, I am Sean Toshpur, the mayor of Nerdtropolis, and you can find me at nerd-tropolis.com. And I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to episode 77 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Wow, everybody, thanks. Stay fresh.